Welcome back to the Hot Heel Girl podcast. We are on episode two of Eco Recap, and today we have Brandy with us. So Brandy was our in-person eyes, because normally Courtney goes in person, but we both did virtual this time. So we got to connect with Brandy, which she also went to the same school that I went to. So we're both CTNCs, but she took hers a step further and got the national board certification, which I love. But anyway... Brandy is with us for part two. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. We're excited. Our group chat was super fun doing during Ego. It kept us all alive, I think. Oh, that group chat totally kept me alive in some of those sessions. If we didn't have that, <laughs> I would have gotten through it. Yeah, especially the first one, like the first day. Oh my but, gosh, God bless. Yeah, we left off with we have the Dr. Middle Christine of day, Schaffner. Yeah. Yeah. The middle of day two. Up next, Dr. Christine Schaffner, fascia, the fabric of our quantum communication. So we left off talking about fascia and we're picking up talking about fascia. It's all about the fascia. I know, right? I like the fascia. I thought it was cool that they did quite a bit on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was only one talk on it last time. So that's why this was interesting. Uh, she goes into like super Joe Dispenza stuff, which, you know, I'm down for, right? Like energetics being everything. You can call it energy. Mm-hmm. You can call it quantum physics, whatever you want to call it. Everyone agrees that, that it exists. Well, that and I love how she quoted Albert Einstein to start off her whole session, right? And she was like, the future of medicine will be the medicine of frequencies, And that really resonated just as far as what she was going to get into for the rest of her lecture, talk, whatever you want to call it. And it went down that rabbit hole beautifully. I don't know if y'all felt that way, but I definitely was like, okay, that's the theme. Here we go. Yeah, I like that. Isn't she is the one that spoke last year, isn't she? She's the one that spoke on fashion last year. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because I liked her talk um, last year. Yeah, because she talked about last year how it held up like scars hold on to energy and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the gist. Um, but yeah, so she just like, I guess it's kind of a part two of her talk last year, pretty much. Cause like she goes in deeper, she goes into more energetics as we talked about last time, right? The fascia is like 80% water. And if you know anything about Dr. Emoto, if you don't look him up because like water can change frequent, can change depending on the frequency it's in, it can change its molecular structure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she like, one of the highlights I saw was she said, biomusic may regulate our cells. That makes me think about like frequencies, like sulfagio frequencies and stuff like that, like Hertz frequencies, which also, like I said, that's part of what Dr. Emoto does. I mean, he says, I love you. I love you. I love you. But there are other studies where like you put the water in the frequency of like high frequency or like, like negative frequency and then just the way it shifts and changes. So I was like, hmm, love that. If you don't know what mm-hmm. sulfagio frequencies are, look into them. They're so good. Yeah, that whole section was really good because she was saying that like every cell in the body has its own resonant frequency and it has a need to stay calm. And then when our, when we have that sound frequency in our cells, you know, start to feel those different vibrations and everything, it changes how they're responding, right? So they could slow down, they can speed up. And she did a tidbit. I don't know if you caught this in person, but, or online, she said, And this is why when people drink alcohol, they feel bad the next day. It's because their cells are slowing down. So I was like, ah, okay. We know that makes sense for all of the infinite reasons about alcohol that we're not going to talk about today, but just was like a nice tie in of how it played into her lecture there. I was like, Hmm, okay. I see it now. I understand it in a more like practical black and white way. If you're not as into the science there. Mm -hmm. Good point. Um, And then she talks about quantum pleomorphism, which made me really think. So pleomorphism is how stuff just like morphs and changes and shifts. I feel like whenever people say pleomorphism, I'm like, "Mm, you make it sound so fancy, but it really is just how like it can change structure. (laughs) I mean, it is fancy. That was just something that was interesting to me because she talks about like, how do we create a coherent quantum terrain? So how do we create a terrain that's conducive to healing? And I'm like, Hmm, it's not just about the physical, right? It's about the energetic. It's about like, what are you thinking about every single day? It's about, and we talk about this again all the time. Like all this stuff just ties back to like all those things that we like to hit home. But like, what are you thinking about? What do you tell yourself? What are your beliefs? What are your actions? 
actions every day, right? Like creating that conducive environment to healing. That's not just necessarily physical, obviously physical plays a big role too, but like from an energetic perspective, your body has to be in a state where it can heal. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, where Emily and I, when we went through ITN, uh, our founder really believes nutrition is anything that feeds you, right? So it's literally not just like fruits and vegetables. It's your thoughts. It's how you move your body. It's what you think. It's what you say. It's literally everything. And that tied really nicely into this too. And then made you really start to think in an elevated way when she started talking about coherence, just about breathing techniques, right? And heart math is one of those. There's the square breathing. There's a lot of different ways to like get onto that cellular level and do some of that healing. That doesn't have to be so like taboo. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a really good point. I mean, I think that like, even just like silence and nature and like meditation, like, I don't even know that. I mean, when people think meditation is woo woo, I'm like, I don't even think we can have a conversation. (laughs) If meditation's woo woo to you, I'm like, oh, oh, you don't want to know how many places I've been. But, (laughs) but I don't even, but meditation is like extremely mainstream now. You know, like there's a lot of things that you can just do, like you said, small things that are just going to contribute positively. Yeah. Like go on a walk and don't bring your damn phone. Like, yeah, I was just about to say people (laughs) do their, do their nature time, but then they are like on their phone the whole time. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Jay Shetty talks about that in his book. Think like a monk of like the power of like, just being aware and just Mm -hmm. like in the moment. Mm -hmm. And he gave a challenge in it of when you're on a walk, if you're on the same walking path or whatever, find three new things every single time you go on that walk. And something about that concept was like, huh. And I still practice that now, like a year and a half later since reading that book. And I have seen so many new things on my little doggy poop loop that we call it, but it's crazy. Like how just like leaving the phone behind and really trying to be present in the moment, how much different things you see. Mm-hmm. It's so wild. The different things that different people take out of the books. Cause I 0% remember that part, <laughs> but that's why we're doing this. Right. Cause oh, all no, exactly. I'm like, like wow. <laughs> I loved that book, but the main thing I remember taking out of it is monk mind and monkey mind. I say that all the time. I'm like my monkey mind. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, so like Christine's whole thing was like, how do we create like coherence within our bodies with within ourselves at the cellular level, which if we're then trying to simplify it again, right? How do we normalize fight or flight response within us? Because that's that cellular level. That's our nervous system going, And we're trying to prevent that from happening because then we know the impacts that that then has in our body, right? On our different like organs, our cells, drainage, right? The main topic of this podcast, which we love so much, but all of those different things definitely play into cells, play into how they respond and really what cell core is all about, which is healing on that cellular level. So I thought it was a nice little like chef's kiss to just cell core in general, (laughs) Um, do you have anything else you want to add? I'm that's I'm good with that for that talk. Yeah, I'm good. Like I said, I'm just gonna be chilling today. <laughs> no part of me wants to <laughs> talk right now. It's okay. You're here. You made it. <clears throat> I'm here. <laughs> yeah, and I guess one thing I'll just say before we go is that she had a whole slide that was like insults to our quantum train. So then, like. Things that interfere, scars, focal infections, sinuses, tonsils, dental infections, disrupt things that disrupt your circadian rhythm, like junk lighting, your pineal gland toxicity. So fluoride, glyphosate, aluminum, whatever toxins, as we know, heavy metals, mold. We have any mycotoxins like pollutants, GMOs, microplastics, all that good stuff. Vagus nerve toxicity. I don't even know what deuterium excess deuterium traffic excess deuterium creates traffic jams in our mitochondria okay imbalance in our ecosystem where stealth and opportunistic pathogens live and thrive lime co-infections mold yeast parasites viruses retroviruses and then trauma and unmetabolism unmetabolized emotions and living in fear we talk about that all the time but those are the things that like disrupt your cells right like mm-hmm. so we talk about how to live in that coherence but if you want it broken down in the other way, you'll get both sides. Yeah. And then she really just tied it up and put the finishing touch by saying community has the power to heal. And with all said things that have been the world the past three years, 
get back into your community if you've been a human, been a little bit of a hermit, right? Because that's a way to heal yourselves as well as getting that, that community connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So then we have Dr. J was next with clinical pearls of fascial release techniques. This was probably my favorite session. <laughs> Um, and I think that because it was the one that I didn't have to think too hard on, you know what I mean? Like I got to just sit there and enjoy it because I had some background as to what this actually was versus some of these other things. I was like, what is going on right now? And I very much felt like I was sitting in a classroom with a foreign language, but carrying yeah. on and smiling. This was the one, like, I got you. And like, um, was having a lot of fun doing and, he was doing some like live demos of some of the different movements you could do to support your fascia and the rest of the conference, every speaker just messed with him because he was doing what they call like an elephant walk, which is, which is essentially when you're standing and then you hit, you hinge forward and you keep one leg straight, one leg bent and you do that. So it looked like he was booty popping to the whole crowd and everyone started <laughs> like cheering him on and clapping and then no one let it go. The rest of the weekend, they just kept making fun of him for it. So that was kind of fun. And I think a little energy lift we all needed that you wouldn't have necessarily caught being online, but no one. Oh, we caught it. Dr. Todd started it. (laughs) People would even do it though. When he was walking around the conference, they would see him, they'd point and they would just do it. It was bad. (laughs) (laughs) Last year he deserves it. Cause last year Jay brought Todd, um, stickers and like he literally made a whole like 300 pack of mini Dr. Todd stickers. Of course I have it still. I had oh to keep God. that. <laughs> and he was like, if anyone wants them, they're going to be at the apparel booth. So obviously everyone got them. And Dr. Todd was so embarrassed. <laughs> That's great. So fascia, fascial release techniques. My pa- previous background, like I've been coaching 11 years, which I love, but Within all of that, I also did group fitness, personal training, blah, 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 went down that hole as well. So I do have personal training degrees. I'm married to physical therapist. So our dinner conversations are about fascia, (laughs) not your normal dinner conversation, but this whole section really just tied in. If we take Dr. Christine's stuff and then loop it in here, it's your body's holding on to some of that energy, right? So think about when people get stressed and they have stress neck and They hold that tension in their neck. That's fascial release that needs to happen, right? So his whole section here was really just about how you can use different sorts of balls or techniques to help release the fascial tension that exists within your body to then support drainage as well. Drainage, it's always about drainage, right? Um, But really just the different things that you can do and slowing down with that. So they had like, he, he just like, if you were to go back and look at all of your slides, it's essentially just a bunch of different ways you can lay on tennis balls, lacrosse balls, all these other fancy balls to then support that mus- muscular release. But the key with this was you have to be in those positions for three minutes, right? Can't just be 30 seconds. Ooh, feels, feels good. It's kind of like that same discomfort that starts with meditation, right? Your first three minutes, you're just like, all over the place. I feel like a, like a pinball machine. My thoughts are ding, 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 ding. (laughs) They just can't settle. Mm -hmm. Um, So same sort of idea with fascia, right? Those first 30 seconds to one minute, your body is being a little pink pinball machine moving all around. So you really have to breathe into it and release because that's when that fascial release starts to happen and getting some of the toxins out of the lymph happens and all of that different stuff. Yeah. Yeah, He said after 90, he literally says 90 to 120 seconds is when the tissue undergoes uh, length changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a lot of block therapy and they do use a lot of blocks in here. Um, mm-hmm. My mom got me into that like last year and it's the same thing where you have to do it for a minimum of three minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's juicy. And I used to teach a class actually back in California when I lived out there. Um, all with balls like this. It was a trigger point class, all about fascial release technique. And it was so interesting because th- this group of women would come in, they were anywhere from like 40 to 60 in age. They'd come in cranky, not excited to be there, but they always loved how they felt when they left that class. And then I kind of paired it back together, like talk, listening to Dr. Um, Jay, right? Listening to all of this, just like 
well, this is why, right? They're releasing some of those toxins, maybe some of those negative energies that are caught in their body. They'd walk out of there feeling like a new person. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's really cool just to see the different sort of ways you can do this. But simply like if anyone listening is like, well, where could I trigger point? Trigger point your calves, right? Like do fascial reliefs on your calves. Get any sort of little tiny ball, preferably like a lacrosse ball or a tennis ball and just leave it under the fat part of your calf and watch what happens. It will feel so much looser than the other one. We all have tight calves. We walk around, we like the, our calves support our body, right? They're attached to our feet. So it's always Mm -hmm. a super good spot just to like introduce yourself to fascial release technique without getting juicy. (laughs) Yeah. In block therapy, they always say, start with the stomach, which is intense, but it definitely, definitely opens those drainage pathways. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, have yet to do the stomach one. I have my little Pilates ball waiting to do that. And just always find reason not to. <laughs> I feel like we can move forward from there. Cause the rest of it is just yeah. slides that are images. So like we can only help so much. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. He did recommend a book. Let me, there's a book called the role model by Jill Miller. So like it has, I think like a lot of the exercises that he shared. So if you guys are interested, go check that book out. And I'll also say, we'll do a plug here for Naboso, which was right after that. Um, Naboso is Dr. Emily Spiel, and she is huge into footwork, taking care of your feet, how interconnected it is to the rest of your body, how you process pain and all that different stuff. So her neuroball was recommended in this lecture, which made me really excited because I've been a fan of her for years. Um, so definitely look into Naboso as well if you don't um, haven't heard of that. So that's N-A-B-O-S-O. So next was Dr. John Farmd. I love Dr. John Kim. If you don't follow him on Instagram, he always does lots of good memes and stuff. And he did drugs induced mitochondrial dysfunction and and nutrition depletion, which if you're wondering why drugs aren't good for you, this is the place. They're not good for you. (laughs) You know. I was like, wow, who would have thought they're not what we're supposed to be taking every day. But I mean, coming from, so it was funny. Cause he's like coming from a pharmacist, like I'm going to sell you not on drugs. And we're like, you don't see that every day. Fun fact. He also included birth control in his list of drugs. So I mean, just for all the ladies, <laughs> it's got a black box label, so it should be included. Mm-hmm. So just his objective was just you know, defining drug-induced mitochondrial dysfunction, how the mitochondria get gets injured from crom- chronic drug therapy, key nutrients required for proper mitochondrial function, and medication documented to show mitochondrial damage. So we're just going to like overview right there. Did a couple of case studies. Dun, dun, dun. These people were on a lot of medication. It was like 12 medications. I mean, I didn't count, but looks like 12. Mm-hmm. Definitely not a healthy human. And like, I mean, things like a meprazole for PP, like a PPI, and like anti-seizure meds. Quite a few anti-seizure meds. Birth control, antidepressant, antidepressant, anti-psych. I'm not gonna name the names of them because it doesn't really matter. But so he goes into like, huh? There's a lot of co-infections, which is a stressor, right? And that's like contributing to it compromised mitochondrial function. So as clinician, he's going through the full list of meds to assess the total mitochondrial dysfunction and level of toxicity and nutrient deficiency, which like you have to, right? Cause like I said, there's 12 different meds there that is going to play a big role on how conducive the body is going to be to healing because it's reducing the body's capability to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And he also said, good to know the FDA doesn't require mitochondrial toxicity testing for drug approval. How interesting. Like, I mean, what, I do, they, they what do they require? Like, why is <laughs> it so hard to get FDA approval? Because like, what do they require? <laughs> money, Emily, money. I was going to say oh, okay, that. I was okay. going to say, show me the money. <laughs> Mine. Got to show up with stacks of cash. Yeah, yeah. Just like, I mean, the mitochondria is d- damaged both directly and indirectly by meds, which so directly it inhibits DNA transcription of your electron transport chain complex. Does anyone remember any of these words from biology? Cause that's all I got, right? It's going in one ear out the other. I'm like that, that word means something to me. Um, 
it just does other things to the electron transport chain components, whatever, whatever, inhibits enzymes required for any steps of glycolysis. And then indirectly, it damages mitochondria because it creates free radical damage and it decreases antioxidants like glutathione in the body. So glutathione, as we know, helps our body. You know, it's a great antioxidant. So if you're downregulating that, it's changing your body's ability to bounce back from everything. And that's something as simple as like Tylenol can do that to you. Exactly. So, you know, people that are popping Tylenol every weekend or whatever, it's yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah. And that's why like, you'll see a lot of us, I don't, I wouldn't call us purists, but like, I'm going to avoid that stuff when possible. Like if I can endure pain, I'm going to endure pain or I'll use like other things to try and like work through pain because it does decrease your glutathione production. But at the same time, like that doesn't mean that I'm never going to take a drug ever again in my life. I can bet you money. I'm going to take a drug at some point again in my life, you know, yeah. like when I mean, you have yeah, to, we're, like we're it's not nothing to be afraid of, bad. just don't overuse them. Yeah. yeah. If you and can find something else. Right. Well, it's just like, when did the, when did the world change? We know I'm not going to really get into that because that's not this podcast, but the point being there was a shift where all of a sudden Eastern or more holistic care options used to be first medicine came second. Then all of a sudden there was a switch money, right? honey. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So we know where all this is going, but it's interesting now that the world is sort of waking up to that and going, well, wait, do I have to do these things first? And they're more open to these more Eastern or holistic options first because they matter. And I mean, this was directly talked about in the CJ case, like looking over the list of medications. And then uh, he pulled, you know, all of the different studies about the hidden dangers of antibiotic use and increasing leaky gut. Hello, we've known this. (laughs) We all love that. Right. But it's just nice to like, see the clinical data for it, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm not a clinical data person. I'm not going to be like, oh, here's the study to reference it. So this getting this book with all of this stuff was very freeing in a way because I'm like, thank God it's all there for me now, right? Like these things exist. I'm not just some crazy person that thinks everything is bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he talks about some of the nutrients for your mitochondria, which is required for the Krebs cycle. I mean, I tried to do a brief overview of the Krebs cycle last one. It um went fine, but you know, the brief overview of the Krebs cycle, uh, it's just, you're going to have to Google the little graphic because that's, what's going to help you understand it the most. Like I said, it's how the body creates different processes energy, but like, eh. right. But I think words, I can only use so much. Yeah. And I think it's important too, while we're still kind of in this bubble, like to call on the slide where it's talking about antibiotics versus the mitochondria, right? That if you're taking an antibiotic, like damage to mitochondria, to your gut, all that starts within four days of therapy. So four days of taking the medicine is where you start to see that damage line happen or just where you're going to need to do some tune-up once you're done with the medication. So I thought that was an interesting pullout as well. You're way past where I am. We are not um, on the same slides. <laughs> I, I was still slides, on the nutrients. His slides were different in like the online one versus the book. Okay, so like, okay. that makes sense. Like, Cause I was like, I am not catching up to you yet. I'm there. I'm getting there slowly, but <laughs> online yeah. it's a couple slides where she's at is a couple slides after yeah. this, this one. I realized okay, that it took me a second. No, 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 no. I'm not, try- <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to help you be quiet. I'm just trying to find where you're <laughs> referring to. It doesn't Some say way. the slide number. Otherwise I'd give it to you, but it probably. No, I see it now. I see it now. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just going to say for the Krebs cycle, what's required iron, sulfur, B1, B2, B3, B5, glutathione, magnesium, and lipoic acid. So, you know, there's a lot of nutrients that are required. CoQ10 super important. So don't forget to work with someone if you're like getting off meds to like replenish your body with all the nutrient stores that it's been depleted of mm-hmm. as much as it's you're supposed to work with your PCP. And I highly recommend it. Like I also recommend working with someone who knows what they're depleted of. Cause a lot of PCPs won't know this. <laughs> they won't understand that your body's been depleted of so many nutrient stores that like, yeah, you might not feel good getting off of them afterwards. And it might be, uh, like not, not die off. What do I mean? Like withdrawals. Yes. Like it's not like withdrawal. It's just 
It also could have a, have a deal to do that you're depleted in lots of nutrients. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now we're at where you are with a damage incurs within four days of therapy of oh, wow. antibiotic uses, which is crazy. Four days. Most antibiotics people are taking them for at least a week. The two mm -hmm. weeks. Yeah. Like 10 days is the, the seems to be the minimum. Wow. Things you learn. The more, you know, um, Okay. What else? Who wants to talk about Floxed? Oh, I just saw that slide. Did I write anything? Shoot. Now I lost my spot. I don't know. Quinolins. <laughs> Me neither. Um, I don't know. Floxed is apparently a potentially serious long-term permanent disabling side effects to the central nervous system, cardiovascular system, and musculoskeletal systems. I didn't know what this was. So I was just like, I had to look it up. But yeah, it is, it's a term like from using too many medications. So that's like what you just read that comes from the yeah, medication. It just means using too many meds that yeah. that affects your nervous system, mm -hmm. which is literally your whole body. Yeah. I just read flocked when I read that, like when you were growing up, did you ever have like the sports teams or whatever that would come like put a bunch of like plastic flamingos on your front yard and you got flocked and it was like a fundraiser. So that's all I could think about when he was talking about this section. Cause at this point I was already so tuned out. You're just picturing flamingos. <laughs> flamingos in people's yard. She was having the blurry vision symptom. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. The brain fog. Yeah. <laughs> we were all getting there. I mean, my nervous system was tapped by the end of the weekend and I didn't even go in person. So. Well, let's put it this way. Phlox does essentially long-term effects of medication. Yeah, that people don't necessarily realize are happening because of said medication. And it's funny because they go over things to be avoided after being floxed and it's like all meds. Oh, oh, so you're supposed to avoid meds because meds changed it. Like, I've, like, I understand that, but people were probably not even realizing they've been floxed and still on all the stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. So good to know. And that's floxed the end. <laughs> That's boxed. Other adverse effects of mitochondria. It's just like really impacting your mitochondrial function overall, right? Like we know that the mitochondria is responsible for 80% of the energy in our body, heat regulation, steroid hormones, like cortisol, testosterone, estrogen, like it's a lot of things. So like if your mitochondria is depleted, there's a lot that could be at play because of that. And then they go over oral contraceptives. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I was just about to say all of those deplete minerals. So it's going to deplete yeah. your folate, B12, B6, B2, vitamin C, vitamin E, magnesium, selenium, zinc, manganese, iodine, 5-ATP, CoQ10. So <laughs> zinc and copper. <laughs> yeah, the oral ones deplete the zinc and the elevate the copper. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. All that good stuff. So yeah, if you're on oral contraceptives or any hormonal contraceptive, work with someone to get off of it because you really should rebalance those things before getting off or as you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Or if you're working with a practitioner, a doctor that like, will you say you want to get off of those things and then they question the why and start to shame you time for a new doctor, find a new one. Yeah. Right. That's or I'll see people get on it. Like just recently I saw this girl and she's like, my acne's coming back. So I think I'm going to go back on birth control. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. Is that a client? <laughs> no, it wasn't a client. <laughs> but if you're getting on it for acne, don't. There's, <laughs> that is not the way to fix your acne. So it's literally just going to block your hormones. Fix yeah. your gut and you will fix your acne. I mean, yeah. yeah. I was listening to a different podcast. Well, we'll call it a trash podcast. I won't name the name, but it's like one that has nothing to do with health. It's just like a fun gossipy one. Oh, love that. The like trash TV. That's what I mean. It's like the, mm -hmm. the, the equivalent. I love of that. trash TV. So I'm down. Right. I'll share with you. <laughs> yeah. So it was about that. But this girl was talking about how she, they were like, oh, how are you feeling? Like, how, what's new? And she's like, I feel like complete crap. I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like I'm in my body. And the co-host is like, why? She's like, well, 
I got off birth control. I'm trying to freeze my eggs because she's like in her mid thirties now, still single. Like she's just trying to do the thing. So she's like, because of that, I got off birth control. I've been on birth control since I was 14 started because I had terrible acne and I had terrible cramps. And in my head, I'm driving and I'm like, holy crap, this girl has been on birth control 20 years. more than half of her life. Of course, she's going to feel crappy. Like mm-hmm. the come down of that alone, as she's now trying to get into the egg freezing process, like good vibes to her. I hope she has a good health practitioner supporting her alongside because oh. a lot to go through. I remember when I came off birth control, like how horrible it was. And I was on it maybe a year and a half, like it not, not long compared to almost 20 years, right? It's nothing in that, but 20 be careful years. and make sure you have that support when you do start that process. Yeah. And I feel like it's so interesting because we're probably getting to the first like round of like a generation that's been on it for like 20 years, you know, like before it wasn't necessarily something that you went on immediately because when you were 14, 15, 16, but now I just feel like it was so common that you're going to just hear about all of this, what these yeah. people are going through. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm super scared of it always growing up because I had a close family member who was on birth control from like the early days and ended up like fast forward, got ovarian cancer from it. Mm. And it was really gnarly. So like, I remember being a little kid and visiting this family person in the hospital, right? So like childhood trauma, maybe a little bit, (laughs) I was super scared to to go to like, even get to that point where I said yes to it. And I think that's why I got off of it so quick is because it just didn't feel right to me, but you know, people, do what the common world is doing and thinks is normal. So people think it's normal. Oh, you have cramps, get on birth control. Mm -hmm. Right. If not, Oh, you have cramps. Why? What are you eating? Are you pooping? Right. Like how much sugar have you had? How stressed are are you? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Emily, fill in because I am losing my mind here, but like all the things, (laughs) but stress doesn't impact anyone. No, not stress at all. impacts most of the people that I see. <laughs> oh no, I'm joking because people get yeah, so mad at me when I, I like I've had a couple of people recently like physical root causes. We're working through them, and they're like, "Why am I still bloated?" And I'm like, "Yo, stress. Are you are you still really stressed? Are you still working that job you hate? Yeah, <laughs> but we've been working together for six months. And I'm like, I I can't change your life for you. Yep." And then I literally had someone come back to me and she's like, my bloating's almost gone once I started, once I quit my job. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. Anyways, we do have to move a little bit quicker because we're running lower on time and we have a lot to get through. So how to transition away from synthetic hormones, like oral contraceptives, open your drainage pathways, gut microbiome. That's literally exactly what he says. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. We're going to listen to your other podcast. You've done it. <laughs> yeah. So then we got Dr. Jack Wolfson and envirotoxins, the cardiovascular connection. I love Dr. Jack Wolfson. I totally don't think he talks about anything when he does these talks. Do you agree? Yeah. He doesn't talk about anything. Yeah. He like sits up there and he tells stories, but like he doesn't actually make points that are like helping me with my practice. But like I still love listening to he's him talk. Very, so I don't mind. He's a very enjoyable break. He is. In between but, everybody else. But I low-key don't actually have anything to say about this talk. No, I mean, he's a he's a cardiologist. He has a book Yay. called The Paleo Cardiologist. So if you want to, if you're interested in the heart, if you're interested in all that, go check that out. <laughs> that yeah, will explain. He went, he went over mycotoxins and cardiology again, like he did last time, but he literally used the same slide. So like- Yeah, like mold and- Yeah, so how it affects what was everything. interesting there, he tied in- in which this is interesting because I heard this with leaky with uh, microbiome labs, like right before the conference as well, right? Leaky gut means leaky brain. But then throughout him, throughout this conference, like it was also like Wolfie was saying here, like leaky gut means leaky heart. Like if you are not having a good heart, a good gut, everything else is probably leaky as well. Your liver, your brain, your heart. And I thought that was a very interesting, like overlying theme to all of that. Yeah, I like something that. that people don't think about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How and happens. then he said, like, how can your body function if it's swollen? Like, think of edema, right? You can't. Your body doesn't function if it's swollen. Mm-hmm. I love that. You highlighted it perfect. So then we got toxic beauty trends and becoming whole again. Dr. Diane Kayser, FDNP, HHC. She had breast implant illness this is the there were like three talks about it last ego so I like that they still 
came back to it just a little bit. Breast implant illness talks about Botox, talks about fillers, talks about just beauty toxins and cosmetics and how awful all of this stuff is. Um, yeah, I, this just gets, it fires me the fuck up. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I just have to because, say she was gorgeous too. Oh, my oh God. she was like Barbie. She was beautiful. She, she totally looked like Barbie and she smelled good too. Random, but when she walked <laughs> by, like, she walked by because I was sitting at the end just because I like a little bit more airflow and freedom to like get up and move and not have to interrupt people. And she walked by with her big, beautiful bougie bag and her hot pink dress. And she just smelled like what you would imagine Barbie smelled like. She's so pretty. <laughs> she did talk about how Botox impacts nerves permanently, which I totally didn't know, right? Because it deadens the nerve cells, but it impacts nerves. Per- like you never bounce back from that. Like you never re- get a hundred percent function of those nerves again. Mm-hmm. Right. This lesson definitely like scared me. Like I'm into like natural products anyways, but like I have a lot of people in my community that are into the Botox world and it's very trendy and in right now. Right. So just to hear like that, it is the number one most toxic supplement in the world really spooked me. I was like, really? Yeah. Number one. That I wanted to have that. Oh crap. It went away. Okay. One kilogram would be enough to wipe out the entire human race and a hundred nanograms is enough to kill a fully grown human. That's crazy. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to add the numbers so people can like wrap their mind around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've seen one kilo. Yeah. Yeah. That's like nothing. <laughs> well, it says that it, it crosses the blood brain barrier. So like it's going to kill is, your nerves. Yeah. I think it was her that mentioned it also like reduces your bi- ability to be an empath. So it's just going to like start killing your emotions essentially. I think and, she like, did say the that. The way yeah. you feel connected to people. And so and it makes me think of Jennifer Coolidge there, just because she has so much. Oh gosh! Like yeah. you, like when she acts, you can't really see her emotion on her face unless she overdoes it, and that's where I kind of thought of that. Like, yeah, um, that's, love that's her as an nothing against her, but that's where like my mind went for that connection. It was like, oh, okay, I can understand that. Yeah, here's and the slide. It numbs your ability to feel emotions and yeah. empathy. Yeah, and yeah, that but- it can take two or three years for it to wear off. That's spooky too. Uh, that's just wild to me how it literally damages permanently the nerves i didn't realize it was permanent like i thought but whatever you know i mean i've seen because i follow a big account and she talks a lot about botox and so she has a lot of people that write in and it was someone someone wrote in that uh worked for a doctor that that's all he does and he's she's like he straight up told every single one of us in his practice, like we're all like 20, 30 something women. He's like, don't ever get it. He's like, I'm telling you right now, don't ever get this stuff. It's awful. But that's I mean, yeah, his whole business. The <laughs> the word is like something toxin. Like that's what Botox stands for. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. Right. And something I had circled on my notes that now that I finally found them from this whole thing, which kind of ties into this theme we were talking about with society and all that, right? So she had this quote that she threw up and it said, the technology that connects us is also the technology that polarizes, distracts, divides, monetizes, controls, and manipulates us. Five years ago, were Botox and injections that big of a deal? Really? Mm-hmm. Are they all over all of the trash TV and all of the things that are on screens now? Yes. Yeah. Botox yeah. is also literally a biological war material. Ain't that crazy? Mm-hmm. And it says causes depression, anxiety, panic attacks. Love that. The black label wasn't introduced till 2009. And also, like, let's be real. Injectors don't show you the black label. They're not saying like, no. oh, this is this is a class A carcinogenic. Like, they're not going to tell you that. Yeah. But also, they might not be fully educated on that either. Probably not. They're all nurse. Right? Like, you have to be a nurse in order to be an injector. Right. Mm-hmm. But to that point do they have mean much, what yeah. everything else black label means no okay not. so fillers which i didn't realize fillers and botox were different things i'm not gonna lie to you i thought they were all the same yeah i mean they're still toxic and she made a point that like this was in between the filler section and botox section i have a little chicken scratch here it said when it comes to the beauty industry you don't want to use anything until it's been on the market for seven years yeah. And then you go back to like Botox has a black box label. So 
it's been on the market for more than seven years, but it has a black box label. So, right. Which would then tell you, hmm, maybe not. <laughs> she did say the thing about fillers is that people think that the body eventually breaks down and dissolves the hyaluronic acid fillers, but it's never fully dissolved by the body. Good to know. So like yeah. never fully dissolved. Yep. And she had that huge slide with like all of the negative side effects of fillers yeah. and it's written in like size five font with. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even read it. I can't even read it now. No, you literally can't. And then hyaluronidase. I don't know what that is. I clearly know nothing well, some about type of, Some type of filler, I guess. It's another filler. Yeah. yeah it's just a dermal how bad filler. it is. Doesn't it dissolve entirely? Damages. It's off label use should only be used in emergencies. Yeah. Okay. In emergencies. Right. Like, when do you have a filler emergency? <laughs> and then she goes into, I know. <laughs> I mean, maybe if like someone truly has like a cosmetic issue, like if they get into an accident and something yeah. happens, that's like the yeah. only thing I can think of. <laughs> yeah. Like there's probably almost never a filler emergency. And then she goes into breast implants. We did learn a lot about breast implant illness last time because, like I said, there were like three talks on it. But you should know that breast implants aren't exactly safe, even if, you know, the silicone ones aren't used anymore, even if it's only saline. You should probably go back to eco part two for last one if you want to hear more about that. I mean, we can go into it a little bit, but like that one was so in-depth. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to mention here, while we don't have to get into breast implant illness, she brought up, this is any sort of implant. And that sort of shook me because, um, my dad had displacement in spinal fusion surgery, right? So my dad has fake dis in his back. So it's essentially, he's got many boobs in his spine. Now if we're going to compare it to um, breast implants, but the fact that it's that way too, like, of course, duh, makes sense, but I have yeah. never heard it presented that way. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's more than just like in the boobs is anyone who has any sort of like implant that way, be it in their throats. Like there, these things exist all over the body. Mm-hmm. So it's just good to like expand and elevate your thinking beyond where these implants could be. And it might be more than just in the breast area. What I learned last week was that penile implants exist. I didn't know that. You know, I don't remember that. Oh, I have to think. They were like, I just found out penile implants exist. And I was like, things you never forget. Things that will always live rent-free in my brain. Now I will never but, forget. And exactly. And then they did say, talk about how the, the pec muscles are cut in surgery, which they're not always. I mean, they can put them on top or they can put them under the pec. But when they're cut, like your pectoral muscle never fully heals. No shit. You're literally slicing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And she kind of like summarized the section, like love your lines, right? It, it tells the story of who you are. So yeah, if you get like, you know, the crow's feet or whatever, like it means you're expressive, right? If you get the cracks near your, your smile, you're smiling, right? Like these show you the story of your life. Don't be ashamed by these sort of things. Someone brought up a really beautiful point one time when I was watching, I don't know, something on social media and they were saying, how beautiful are we that we get to age? Like, why do we try to stop aging? Like some people die young and they never even get this opportunity. And I was like, "Mm, okay. Mm -hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis talked about that recently as well. Cause like someone tried shaming her for like not leaning into all of that stuff. She was like, no, I'm my favorite is Sarah Jessica Parker does the same thing. Cause everyone's like, Sarah Jessica Parker, you look old. And she's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Surprise. I'm like 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they talk about toxins to avoid, um, in the personal care industry, which I'm going to skip over this just because we literally talk about it all the time. There's yeah. lead in lipsticks. You know, this literally look up if there's heavy metals in your makeup and use EWG. Yay. Okay. Yeah. So, and she has a, a video, um, if you wanted to watch it called dying to be beautiful, beautiful, you can watch it for free on her website that talks more about the beauty industry. Yeah. Some of it's scary. Um, the evolution of new earth toxicity by Jason Dean DC. Why do I not remember this? Oh, Oh yeah, I do. As soon as I went to the first slide, this guy was wild. I think I tuned out this, a little bit on this one. Cause I was making dinner. This was the one. I mean, he was literally talking about conspiracy theories. <laughs> and while I am not someone that's anti or pro like there's some things that I'm like yeah probably definitely pretty possible you know and then there's other things where I'm like "Mm, you're going like really far for me it was such a wild talk very wild um but he did mention go ahead 
was gonna say if we we're gonna summarize it very quickly applied knowledge is powered that was like the big thing i wrote from his thing like know what you're doing know what the technology that you're putting on you is tracking and listening and like have that awareness and he's saying big tech should know nothing about your health like that right that stuff i totally buy into like do i think that we need to be wearing apple watches i mean i don't even wear an apple watch i don't have any of that stuff and like you know having them know all of your health data and stuff like that because of your Apple watch. Like, yeah, I don't disagree with that, but then he goes really far and that's okay. We don't need to get into it. Right. That's why I was like, "Mm, this is like very surface level, but then it gets into like nanotech, which is still a thing because they're thinking about like injecting people with like health data now, kind of like microchipping your dogs, only like health data level. So he's just like, kind of like went into like, why do we need to do this? Right. Yeah, like, when he talks about like, they're going to inject an iPhone in us in 10 years, like then I'm going to get a fucking flip phone. I talked to the guy at the Verizon store and he said the flip phones are their best selling because people's grandparents don't want iPhones. Great. I'll be someone's <laughs> grandparent. Like right. Right. he also brought up nanotech and big egg, which I can totally see happening there. Like in agriculture. Oh yeah. I can see that happening. Shop local. There was this just a lot. Me. Yeah, his section kind of um shook me. But he also mentioned the the mRNA and the vaccines in animals, which the mRNA vaccine is already a thing in certain beef cattle. So just be aware of that. (laughs) Yeah. Find a cow share in your local area. They're passionate about their animals. Yeah. I know. That was that's a whole thing. That's yeah, right. just yeah. be aware, people. Just be aware. We can. Move that's our takeaway. We did yeah. end the whole section with being the light, right? Like, yeah, all this stuff is scary, but remember to lean into the positive, have hope, and that's that. There we go. We did it. He he ended it on the positive. So cool. Thanks for that. Yeah, because <laughs> he he went deep into the like dark web, and I was like, you lost me, buddy. You lost me. Um. Okay. So then we had. Dr. Nicole Rivera, creating confidence in your clinical outcomes. This one, you know, hits near and dear to home because I was saying like, Emily literally goes, you could give this talk. And I'm like, you're right. This is literally my course 101, like my business expansion course. Um, Mm -hmm. She's just talking about work with people that empower you, that light you up, work with people that you want to work with. Don't work with people that suck the energy out of you. And if you are, that's going to leave less energy for you to devote to the people you want to. So you're going to make less money, so on and so forth. She goes really deep into, well, not really deep. She goes into more business energetic strategy. Um, hit me up if you want to talk about that, because I literally have a whole course on it. And I actually could have given this talk. She did great. I'm not like trying to toot my own horn here. I'm just saying like, I've spoken, we did a whole podcast where I talk about the two courses I came out with. And then M talks about her course. So like we've spoken about this. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. do like though how she shared in that session, like for your fellow coach business owners that listen to your podcast, right? Like don't treat your business like a nonprofit. Loved that. I love that little tidbit there because it was very like in the room, heard. You felt the energy shift with it. So that was a good one. I'm not even going to say anything because I hate that she had to say it. I hate that she had to say it. We're human beings. It's not a nonprofit. There's nothing wrong with making money. I don't know when we fucking villainize this. When do we villainize making money? Because money is beautiful. Money is energy and it makes the world go round. The more money you have, the more you can give to others. Cool. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Makes me mad because I'm like, why do we have to to tell you not to treat your business like a nonprofit? Just because you're a compassionate human? Fuck that. Bad people make a lot of money because they don't give a shit about other people. Right. Okay. And sure. boom, that's that's it, right? So, <laughs> and she talked about boundaries too, which was good. So I I liked it. I th- I thought this was good. It was a nice little shakeup, especially after the presentation that came right before it. It was a very <laughs> nice about trying to not get microchip. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it was it was placed nicely, right? It was a nice energy shift to kind of like reset where you're at and then get back into the science after her section. So. Yeah. And then we had health business systems that produce regular hundred K days by uh, Ryan Cole. My takeaway from this one was that I cried. Cause he did yeah, the montage for his dad. Yeah. That was, so I didn't realize that like his dad was Dr. Bill Cole who wrote gut feelings or like the keto terrain or in the inflammation spectrum. So when he f- put the book up, I was like, Oh, I totally know that guy. And then I got really sad. Cause I'm like, Oh, I didn't know he passed. And then like, 
you know, the empath in me was just like, oh my gosh, and this is only a couple months ago. Now your son's here speaking on stage for you. Yeah. I like, I had a hard time focusing on what he was actually talking about. It just, yeah. Um, if you want takeaways from this DM, one of us, that's what I'm going to say on that. Okay. Moving forward. (laughs) Foundational medicine, the evolution of patient outcomes and business successes by Dr. Drew Kidder, DC. Why don't I remember this? Did I log off at this point? Maybe. I don't even have this in my notes. If it was a thing. I, oh, I know exactly why I didn't, I logged off for this. He had almost the exact same presentation that Dr. Alan Lindsley gave two years ago about the mitochondria. That's why. Was this still it's just about, this is the last one. You might've left. Um, he really oh, just okay. talks about healing, how we should not be just band-aiding things. We should be getting to the root of it. Uh, the mitochondria, he talks about how much mitochondria is in each cell. We need carbons to bind toxins to remove it's, them it's literally everything it's, that we talk about in every podcast yeah order matters like not, foundations mitochondria yeah, exactly. detoxification drainage <laughs> that's why i was like yeah I, I stopped listening to this one because it was nothing new so yeah. day three intro jay and todd no <laughs> never mind next one uh dr todd and jay patients get stuck final what what to do when patients get stuck this was Dr. J's presentation. Oh, yeah. I don't know why Todd's <clears throat> name is on it. Um, sinus rinses. That's what I took out of this one. What to but do with sinus the, rinses. And the cap, yeah. like the oral infection. Yeah, he's just talking about like potential stressors on your health. So things that like people might not think about, even though they're things that we talk about all the time, but like mold, <laughs> breast implants, mouth, cavitations, fillings environmental toxin exposure, sinuses, radon, parasites, infections, enzyme activations, the big V word, international travel, (laughs) emotional stress, trauma, nutrient deficiencies. And this is real. I had a client who we were working to help her get rid of a a rash and nothing worked for a while. She got a root canal gone. Cool. Yeah. Things are So. so connected to your teeth. I think it's really important that everybody should honestly find a biological dentist Mm -hmm. if you're having like those root cause issues, because each one of your teeth are connected to a meridian, connected to an organ. So if you like have exhausted all things and haven't looked at your teeth, try that. You can find a biological dentist at I-A-O-M-T dot, I think it's org. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you're in a big city, you can just probably Google it and it'll find one. (laughs) So then we got Dr. Darren's talk, nutrition, no science first. This was funny because he was just pretty much saying that studies, a lot of them don't actually, they're not real. They're not like double blind placebo tested like studies. He was basically saying eat meat. Yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite. (laughs) Yeah. I think my favorite takeaway from this was uh, meat is food or yeah. Meat is food and plants are medicine. What a nice statement. Okay. My that, was, that was my favorite state takeaway. Because yeah. if you think about it, like all the supplements that we take, a lot of them are herbs. They're from plants. All of them. If you're Almost wanting to eat them. food, like to actually survive, you're going to eat meat. Yeah. I like, I just opened up my, my book and it said, unethical diet. Experts might claim that eating five almonds a day makes you live 11 years longer. And he puts in capital letters next to it. Not plausible. <laughs> like, so it's just like some of these things that, you know, get shared out in the world, like, oh, five almonds a day does this. It's like, no, that's all green marketing stuff. Mm-hmm. No, like eat the meat, eat the plants, stay away from the processed food, carry on. He does talk about studies and science and how people will be like, here's a study and it's from PubMed, but it's not like a controlled clinical trial. It doesn't have, it's not randomized, double blind. You know, the only things that are science, controlled clinical science trial systemic review of only controlled trials randomized double blind placebo controlled trials and everything else is not actual science it's just observations Mm -hmm. okay that's good we can move on to dr ian hussein phd exposing the effects of environmental toxins we live in a time where the world has become toxic that's my in my notes from him. You have yeah. the power to change and create things yourself. 
and the way you fight the darkness and the toxins. I wrote that too. The light. <laughs> I wrote that too. Cause like, obviously you could go through this and you could fear, feel a lot of fear, right. About like all the toxins that we're exposed to all the stuff, the EPA changing labels, like junk and like get really scared about how we're exposed to toxins all the time. Or you can realize that you have the power to change and that being the light is what really helps. That's it. Yeah. And then he was saying like that, like there's certain organizations out there that intentionally want you to feel helpless because that's how they continue to control you. Right. So let's continue to trust your intuition, eat healthy foods and be a good human. And then we had Dr. Bubble Butt up next, uh, (laughs) clinical pearls, how I approach metabolism, weight loss cases, Dr. Jack Kunkel. I say that because they literally called him Dr. Bubble, but that was not me. That was straight out of Dr. J's mouth. And then of course, things that live rent free in my mind. Butt. Yeah. That's what I said to Dan. Cause I was like, he said, don't look at my butt, but like, of course I'm going to look at your butt. They just called you Dr. Bubble, Butt. like, I can't <laughs> like I natural curiosity. And he goes, of course. I'm like, thank you. You get it. <laughs> curiosity. I have to stare at his butt. Um, you know what I got out of approaching metabolism and weight loss cases that he uses cell core because he helps people address toxins. that's what I got what'd you get I mean I liked his little graphic that he did of like weight loss resistance of like all the things because people think it's just their diet but again it goes back to everything 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 so it's not just your diet it's your toxins it's your water it's your lifestyle it's your emotions it was a nice graphic I have it saved on my highlights so if you want to see it go look at it I need to find this graphic because I don't remember that. It's in the slides. It's like one of the first first three graphics, I think. Oh, yeah. Weight loss, resistance, food, toxins, water, air, emotional trauma, environment, sleep, exercise, lifestyle, pathogens. That's what goes into it. Mm -hmm. You're right. You're right. And I like that, too. He harped on this in a positive way. Like, it's about fat loss. It's not about weight loss. So you need to be getting rid of the adipose tissue in your body and creating more muscle. So I thought that was a good highlight in there. Um, and then also talking a lot about like habits and awareness, right? So he's saying like, I don't necessarily believe in food tracking, but if you have a journal and you're making observations about the way you're eating, that's more powerful than telling me your macro count. And it was very refreshing to hear a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we had our lunch break and then we had doc- uh, Tracy Southwick, who's the founder of MBSR are unprocessed emotions clogging your drainage funnels. I love this, but that was just like, I love listening to Tracy talk. She talks about how you might not be like your drainage funnel. Obviously we talk about the physical things, right? Like, are you drinking enough? Are you eating enough? All that stuff. Are you moving enough? But then you don't think about like emotions clog your ability to drain. But I was saying that about a couple of my clients, they literally are constipated or bloated and it's stress and emotions. It's not anything else. And when I finally get them to do that, they're like, oh my God, you're right. I'm not constipated anymore. I can poop. And it's not, and pooping is probably like the one that people can wrap their minds around the most tangibly, but like, it's the same for the rest of your drainage funnel, your glymphatic system, your lymphatic system, your liver, of course, mm-hmm. the cells. Does anyone what want are you to holding on to? That's how it ended, right? Yeah. What are you holding on to that's keeping you from your optimal health? And like, what are some ways that you can release, um, emotions from the body you can we like tapping eft i like mbsr journaling i also i also like i'm a person that believes in energy healing and reiki i think that can really help some people don't believe in that that's totally fine i think it's it's really only going to work if you believe in it too so like if you that's the truth yeah if you go into it and you're like oh i don't think it's going to work but i'm going to try it you're not going to get the same results no yeah it only works when you believe in it I mean, that's like anything. Yeah. Placebos are real. Truly. Uh, I loved Dr. Tracy's talk. I'm not even going to go through like the emotions tied to each um, strange pathway, but it was so good. They, If you are a Texas person, because I know we have a lot of Texas listeners, out of Houston, she yeah. is in Houston. If you are interested in yeah, they have an in-person, Yeah. Yeah. They also have uh, Denver. I don't know if it's still in person. It was pre the co Amanda so there's the two other people that help her like run the course Cheryl mm-hmm. and Amanda Amanda's out of Denver Amanda was on on this podcast yeah she's out of Denver 
<laughs> I forgot that. I'm like, oh, Amanda, <laughs> literally talked to her for an hour plus. Okay. Um, and then she does a bunch of case studies, which we loved. Then we had, you have the tools to help autoimmune clients, a foundational medicine approach by Melissa Rose, AFMP, INHC, AADP. Anyone want to say anything about this one? We know how I felt about it. Um, I enjoyed the, like, the end of it. I don't know. I'm so rude. She, um, she seemed like a very sweet lady, but... Um, oh, no, it's nothing against her. I just no, didn't no, like I know. talk. Yeah. She did, like you mentioned, talk a lot of on, like, the I feel like the negative... And I feel like she it was coming from a place of her trying to say that like, that's, that's not right, but that's what your clients are hearing. Mm-hmm. So like it came from a good place, but I did not like how it was presented, especially someone who has been diagnosed with multiple autoimmune diseases. And I peeled from them. Like, I'm totally fine. I'm like, why are you telling me all the things that people hear over and over again? I yeah, get it. It, she, get, like, that it was very lengthy. Yeah. Cause her, um, most of the people on day three only had 30 minutes, but she had an hour. So it was, it was very lengthy. And I do get it because she was diagnosed with MS and MS is like a very degenerative disease. And they tell you like, you're not gonna be able to walk again, all that stuff. Right. They told me I would end up on the liver transplant list. So like I get, uh, like extremes, obviously that's way more extreme, but just harping on the things that people are told over and over again, in my opinion, is just not productive. Mm-hmm. And she essentially was saying like, I wrote two things down from this talk. Cause this is by the time we hit Sunday afternoon, I was done. My brain yeah. went but break up with your diagnosis, right? You are not your diagnosis, right? Mm-hmm. You are not herniated disc. You are not a torn meniscus. Like I, I do a lot of chronic pain coaching. So I t- talk on this a lot, but it's true with anything. Like whatever your diagnosis is, is not who you are. And a lot of people take that on uh, as an identity and a reason for why their behaviors are certain ways to prevent them from healing because they take the diagnosis on as who they are. And then it makes it that much harder to overcome it. So I did like that she really tied in that part of it. And that was kind of my biggest takeaway from this part. Yeah. Cause people hear that and they hear that it's going to be a forever thing and it becomes part of you if you don't let it not become part of you, right? Like it's just like a natural thing because it plays a role in your daily life. But part of healing is healing that part, right? Like the emotions of it. That's like right. a huge part of healing. It's not resonating with that person that has that. Right. Like when you hear like in cancer, right? Oh, I have cancer. They're encouraged to not say that. And I live with cancer, right? Just so it's not as part of their identity. And that same thing. That's like a simple example of it. Yeah. Same thing for any chronic disease stuff, yeah. right? Like I'm not someone with Lyme. I live my life every day. I get out of bed. I'm not bedridden. Anywho, um, emergency hacks for pediatrics. I don't think any of us heard by Brittany nope, Panna. I did not hear the last two. Yeah. And then the, the one after that was solutions and corrections of food allergies by Jimmy Scringy, which I really liked him last time. So I really wanted to see this. They just don't have the uploads up yet, which is a little bit of a bummer because I was hoping to watch them before this. So I could at least have something to say about it. Uh, pediatrics. I mean, we don't, we don't work with pediatric cases anyways. Yeah. We have the slides, but that's, it looks like he talked a lot about like allergies and I'm excited to learn about it, right? Once they're uploaded, just because I felt like it was a powerful lesson that I wasn't ready to receive at the time, just because I had taken in a whole textbook worth mm-hmm. of information by that point. So mm-hmm. yeah, he um was really good. He talked about an autistic child that he helped to heal uh, in the last eco. So, and he does work with like a whole slew of people, but he works with a lot of kids and he uses muscle testing because he lives in New York and New York is very strict about who can do any tests or not. So I'm excited to read this one and hear about it. I mean, I'm not, a, I'm a big believer that food sensitivities are also a crock, but you know, <laughs> anything you believe is real. So yeah, well, from what I gathering from the slides, it seems like he talks a lot about how like toxins are behind them and exactly like, the pesticides and it's not like to say it's not the food it's yeah. What's on your food. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of slides about round off and round off, round off <laughs> and glyphosate. So uh, yeah. that definitely, yeah, like you're going to be sensitive to foods because there's issues going on in your body. Mm-hmm. And then once you remove those issues and you get rid of the pesticides, you can usually eat most foods again. Yep. That's our takeaway without having even watched it. Cool. 
And that okay. was a wrap on Eco. And that was Eco 2023. Yeah. yeah. It was super cool. And the vendors that were there too were fun. They had a lot of EMF people. Um, learned a lot about EMF, so that could probably be a whole nother thing within itself. They had a double helix person there talking about water and like the good water. They had red light therapy. Um, they had like the tables where you like put those pads over your legs and they like, put pressure on them. I didn't go to that one because I had too Flo much. Presso. I did that back to back years. I loved Flow Presso. It's and fun. then they had this That's... other guy who had like the vibration table. Like you laid on it and they put sound frequency in your ears and the table like vibrated to the music and I just was like cool this is what I do every day in my car like music <laughs> walk out so um there was some cool stuff paleo valley was there um representing some yummy snacks at one of the table uh, and yeah lots of good people lots of lots of interaction so that was fun bummed you two weren't there but next year for sure I hope so yeah because I, I still I still really do want year. to experience one in person <laughs> I'm like 50-50 on whether I'm going next year or even watching next year. Yeah, I mean, I'm the only reason I want to go is because I want you go to in go person. In yeah, person. exactly. Because you haven't yeah. done yet. I totally get but, it. But like I want you to go. <laughs> we'll see. I'm not um I'm not against it. I'm not for it yet. I, like I said, I'm very in the middle at this point in time. After my third eco, I feel like it's gotten a bit redundant, but with them changing the way things get. Like they are now having a foundational ego for people who are super new, which maybe that will mean that I'll get very different stuff in the other one. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I'm paranoid about is like, I'm not ready to commit yet. And so I know this one's going to fill up. up a lot faster because it's in Dallas and not Boise. That's very true. But we shall You'll see. still be fine. It's just people that like try to do it a couple months before they won't get it. Like as long as you don't wait till like three months before. Yeah. Okay. This was fun. Um, Brandy, tell people where they can find you. So you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is Joya Vida Coaching. So J O I A Vida V I D A Coaching. Because uh, my coaching practice call it's called Joya Vida Wellness. So all about creating a joyful joyful life and embracing your health with joy. Because if you don't. It's not fun that way. So um, Instagram is my main platform. If not, you can find me on my website, joyvitawellness.com. And if not, Courtney and Emily are following me. Find me through there. <laughs> uh, but thank you for having me on. I absolutely adore both of you and love your podcast. And when y'all texted me and like, we should have you on the pod, I freaked out. I was like, oh my gosh, I get to be on this. Um, yeah, we got you. to recap the group chat. So for those of you that were not in our group chat during Eco, you pretty much are now. Yeah. <laughs> Our podcast is just like a, a giant group chat. Well, I love it. I'm happy you had me on. I look forward to being here again in the future and just continuing our friendship. So thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for being on. Yeah, um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, rate, review, drop some stars, share it on Instagram. Um, Courtney, the people can find you where? At the T-H-E rooted in health. What about you? at Emily Joy Wellness everywhere.